Welcome to The Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our topic for this podcast, the National Flood Insurance Program with Project Engineer Jennifer Knopf, who serves as the city's floodplain administrator. The National Flood Insurance Program was established in 1968 to protect U.S. residents against the financial hardship of flooding, with the goal of doubling the number of properties covered by flood insurance and quadruple the amount invested in mitigation. Knopf joined the city in October 2022 and served as an engineer for the Metro Water Resources or Services Department in Nashville, coordinating stormwater management before coming to Murfreesboro. Jennifer, thanks a lot for being with us on The Insider. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. So everything flooding and flood management is what you're all about. Yes, I've uh, spent 20 years at um, Metro Water Services in their um, stormwater development and uh, development services and, um, and being part of their floodplain management, stormwater management. So we're fortunate to have you here in Murfreesboro to do the same thing here and to help manage flooding. We have the Stones River, of course, and Murfreesboro recently adopted new flood maps that was effective May 9th of 2023. Can you explain how these maps get revised or changed and then they get adopted, I guess, too? Yeah, sure. Um, we went through what's called a physical map revision that's usually initiated by FEMA. Um, FEMA will identify communities in need of uh, updating their, their maps to, you know, update uh, floodplain boundaries, flood elevations, base flood elevations, and regulatory floodways. Um, with, our late, with our last map update of 2007, we were in need of an update. So FEMA came in and did a restudy at the Stones River watershed, and that included all the jurisdictions in Rutherford County including um, Laverne, Smyrna, and Eagleville. So in uh, February 2020, we received our preliminary uh, flood maps and uh, updated flood insurance study, and that um, initiated a 90-day appeal period and public comment. And then in November of last year, we received our letter of final determination um, to uh, adopt the new flood maps by May 9th of 2023. So an obvious question uh, that the audience would probably ask right away is why do these things even change to begin with? What makes it required that they change? And I guess the question would be, is it possible that you're not in the plane or you're not in the area and all of a sudden you are? In an ideal world, we would be updating our flood maps every five to seven years because um, it, it takes it takes an average of five to seven years to go from uh, initiation to a final adoption of the flood maps. It's a very long and timely process. What is What is actually changing in the environment or with the government, I guess, that would require it to change? There are multiple factors that could cause uh, the flood maps to change, and it's not just any due to one factor alone. It's it, You could have a historic flood event or um, changes in the landscape due to d development, um, 
but one of the main reasons um, maps change is due to advances in technology. Um, if our flood maps, if with flood maps from 2007, you're going to have flood mo models that date back to the 80s and 90s. So they really need to be updated with the technology that we have today. What about the whole aspect of new development? Does new development change it at all? It could, but um, with, with Murfreesboro growing so rapidly, uh, our you know our landscape has changed significantly in the last uh, twenty years. Um, but I would say that advances in technology. Think about how uh, our computers and televisions and mobile devices have advanced over the last decades or so. Um, we didn't even ha have widely used internet um, back in the, the 90s. So if we have maps as old as 2007, that means um, we have outdated flood models from the 80s and 90s. Now we have ortho aerial photography, uh, LIDAR, digital ele elevation models, GIS and advanced software programs that give us better data that we did not have in the past. Um, updating a, a model with better data will, will change a flood map either by increasing or decreasing flood elevations and in increasing or decreasing floodway widths. So I think I have a better understand of it an understanding of it now it's it be similar to like weather forecasting so now we over the years with technology we can predict in a better way weather although it's not perfect um, and we have a better way of forecasting or knowing when tornadoes or severe weather can come into the area um, so with that said FEMA and these experts these scientists that study this then determine where these flood hazard areas are or flood plains are based on all this technology. What are those? What are those areas? Um, and, and maybe kind of explain to us what they are. Yeah, so I'll explain uh, how flood maps are, are created. Um, so FEMA studies and maps three primary categories of flood risks, and those are riverine, coastal, and shallow. Of course, um, in our our flood maps are predominantly based on river re, riverine flooding. A flood study is performed to determine the flow rate of water and the depth of base flood on the configuration and roughness of the river or stream channel and the adjacent area that carries that water. When that study is complete, the information and maps are assembled in what's called a Flood Insurance Study, or FIS. This report contains the detailed flood elevation data in flood profiles and data tables that are used to, to create the maps. So with that flood insurance study, is that what you have right before you? Yeah, so this is what it looks like. It's a comprehensive um, study that, that describes how the flood maps are determined and created, what, what's, um, what um, data is used to um, to determine the flood elevations and the, the width of the uh, regulatory floodways. So you have this big study that's fairly thick. Most likely, the average homeowner probably isn't going to reference that, although you would probably prefer that they look on the FEMA website and look for that information. 
how would a normal homeowner start? Let's say they live on the Stones River, and maybe they just bought a house there, so they, they're not familiar with what it's like to live that close to a waterway. What would, they, what would be the best approach for them to look into this for themselves? So if they want to see if their property is located in a special flood hazard area, um, there are several uh, sources they can go to. The FEMA Map Service Center is the official source for the um, flood insurance rate maps and flood insurance study. It has all the effective maps as well as historical um, old maps and, and letters, letter of map revisions. And if you were doing this for the first time, what advice would you give? What, what would be the first thing you would want to look for? The first thing they would need to look for is whether or not their property is in, inside a special flood hazard area um, or if they're even close to uh, if, if they're even close to a special flood hazard area, like what are they close to a flooding source? Um, if they are inside a special flood hazard area, then most likely they'll be required to buy flood insurance um, from their mortgage lender. And you said the, the FEMA MAP Service Center is the place they go to start that? They, they can go there or they can go to FEMA's National Flood Hazard Layer. It is a GIS-based uh, website. Um, and, of course, they can always contact me at the planning department and or they can come see me or give me a call i guess uh the other thing in addition to fema the murfreesboro website has a gis map and it's not necessarily the official source but but people can use that as a resource yes we've integrated our gis website to show the latest and effective fema floodplain information and is that interactive or what would someone do if they went on that site to, to find their location and all they have to do is type in their address. It'll pull it up on GIS uh, and turn on the, the flood hazard layers in the program. And, yeah, it'll show whether or not they're in the floodplain. And what is FloodSmart.gov? FloodSmart.gov is the official National Flood Insurance Program website, or NFIP. Um, it contains everything they, anyone needs to know about flood insurance. So navigating all these websites, we've mentioned several of them, and we've kind of talked a little bit about what's the first thing you would do, but is there some advice you might give since you're the floodplain administrator on how someone would navigate these sites and navigate the process to make it, I guess, uh, simpler? Well, actually, we are in the, we are in the process of creating um, our own webpage dedicated to floodplain management, and we're going to include all the links that are, will be helpful for them, so they can go just to one one place and um, click on links to obtain maps or information concerning flood insurance. So the city has a site now for the floodplain management, but you're going to be improving upon yeah, it. Yeah, it's currently under construction, um, but we're we're looking to have a page dedicated solely to floodplain management, and it's it's for it's for the general public and to use, as well as project engineers, developers, real estate agents, um, anyone who needs any information 
concerning floodplain management. One thing most of us have heard about, even someone who doesn't live near a floodplain or, or a waterway, you hear a lot about during flooding periods about this idea of a 100-year flood or maybe even you know, a thousand year flood or, and then there's this concept of zone A and zone AE, uh, which I don't know what that is, but can you explain that terminology and uh, why it's important for people to understand? Yes, so um, flood zones are marked as with a zone A or AE, in particular in Murfreesboro. Um, so zone A floodplains are kind of like, they're shown like a blob on the map. It's, they're identified as a flood zone, but there's not a determined flood elevation with that because there hasn't been a detailed study on, along that stream or flooding source. Zone AE are, are detailed studies that establish base flood elevations. So. If you're in a zone AE, that means there is a known base flood elevation in in probably a regulatory floodway. Okay, and then the idea of a hundred-year flood—what does that really mean? Some people think of it as a flood that occurs every hundred years, but that's that's not the case. It's actually the correct term or the correct definition is that it is the one percent chance uh, of that flood equal or exceeding in any given year. Yeah, and you know, a 1% chance seems pretty small, but we know, having lived uh, for very long and having watched what happened in Nashville, that these flood events do occur. I frequently hear, like, my property has, I've lived here 18 years and I've never flooded, but what you need to understand is that um, the the flood event that we regulate to is the 1% annual chance flood. If we were to get hit with a historical flood event, it's going to be greater than a 100-year flood. It could be a 500-year, 1,000-year flood event like the, the May 2010 flood. That was a 1,000-year event. Yeah. And we just happened to experience it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think we talked about this a little bit, but what is considered a, a special flood hazard area, or I guess it's an SFHA? The, a special flood hazard area is any area on a firm map that is subject to the base flood or the regulatory floodplain. The base flood is the flood having a 1% chance of being equaled or exceeded in, in any given year. And what does that mean to the homeowner that lives there? Um, If their home is in a special flood hazard area, then most likely they'll be required to carry flood insurance from their lender. And the reason they're required is because the government requires it. Areas in the special flood hazard area have at least a one in four chance of flooding in a 30-year mortgage. Um, So those people who are inside the special flood hazard area, that's why they're they're most likely required to carry flood insurance. So in a way, it's kind of protecting the uh, the provider of the loan that's providing funding for this home. And then it's a little extra because there's a difference between homeowner's insurance and then flood or earthquake hazard insurance, right? It, what's the difference? Why do you have to have both, I guess, if you're going to be in that hazard area or if you, you're fearful of a 
of a disaster? Homeowners and renters insurance generally don't cover uh, flooding or natural disasters, um, but flood insurance is a separate policy that can cover um, buildings and contents in a building or, or both. A flood insurance policy reimburses you up to $250,000 for your home or $500,000 for uh, a business. Um, and claims are paid without a, uh, a disaster declaration and no payback is required. And flood insurance is available for everyone that lives in the community that participates in the NFIP. So you do not have to be, you do not have to live in a special flood hazard area to buy or purchase flood insurance. It's available to anyone. And that's because flooding can happen anywhere, not just in floodplains. And why is that? What happens when flooding occurs away from a, an area that might be a stream? Damages from flooding can occur not only from from floodwaters, flood waters, um, but anything that is not properly anchored down, like storage sheds, uh, trailers, cars, floodwaters will will pick these items up and carry them and debris downstream and they can hit other buildings utility poles they can clog pipes and bridges and and just cause further destruction and flooding the other thing that uh, in addition to the uh, flood hazard area there's the idea of a flood way what's the difference between those two the flood hazard area and the flood way so the floodway is the floodway is the stream channel itself plus the adjacent floodplain that is required to be preserved in order to carry uh, floodwaters without um, causing an increase of a foot or more in flood elevations. So think of uh, a floodway as being a width, and a floodplain is. Is, a, is an actual elevation. So the floodplain, would that be wider then or extensive? And then the flood uh, way is more of like the narrow stream area that we see the water in? Yeah, so the, the flood way, it includes the stream channel itself and, and um, the, flood, the adjacent floodplain. So the, the flood way is the area that needs to be preserved and protected um, to, to be able to carry carry floodwaters, and so the floodplain does can um, extend beyond the floodway. Okay, good. That's that's helpful to understand. Um, and we talked about why property owners are required uh, to have flood insurance, but what we haven't discussed is maybe to clear up some misunderstanding. Sometimes when floods occur, the government steps in, and they help provide some support or some help to the homeowners. That's different than insurance because that is really in the form of a grant, which is different because you have to pay it back. So you're talking about um, uh, disaster assistance, and that only comes about usually during a presidential declaration. So it doesn't; it's not always available in every flood event. And the, you know, a disaster disaster assistance is not going to help you rebuild it's only just going to get you on your feet to uh, you know try to 
try to get you back on your feet to rebuild or repair your your structures. Um, Not the full cost of the right. full replacement. And even if it did, the grants are really designed to give you a loan it, so that you pay it back. That's right. And flood insurance is is not the case. It is, mm-hmm. you know, you get you get better claims with a your flood insurance. So, th- so that behooves the person if they live in an area near a waterway and they want to really protect themselves, they really need some kind of insurance, right, to make sure that they're fully covered. Um, why should why should you buy flood insurance or homeowners insurance and get back to that question of uh, people who say well it's never flooded in my area i've lived here maybe even 50 years and it's never had why should they still do it especially if they're in these areas 40 percent of insurance claims occur uh outside of special flood hazard areas um also uh more and more homes are being built in the floodplain. Uh, developers are coming in and putting fill in the floodplain to to lift the homes and get those homes, um, you know, removed from the floodplain with, through a letter of map revision. Um, but uh, homeowners need to educate themselves and make sure they need to get with their lender to make sure that. Flood insurance could still be required. They, um, the lend, their mortgage lenders, uh, it's still their prerogative to require flood insurance um, because a letter of map revision is not going to physically remove that structure out of, out of the floodplain. You mentioned something that uh, caught my interest uh, when you were talking about uh, home builders or developers building in certain areas. The city has some regulations on that, right? Like there are some places where you literally cannot build and some places where you get some kind of an exemption or change. Explain that process for us. Our floodplain regulations are located in section 34 of the zoning ordinance. And in there you will find what our restrictions are for developing in the floodplain and floodways. Um, flood, development in the floodplain can occur with certain restrictions, such as we have free bore requirements, um, uh, residential and non-residential buildings need to be elevated one foot above the base flood elevation, um, and flood uh, development in the floodways is prohibited without um, either a you have to submit a no-rise certification or obtain a conditional letter of map revision. So this is good to know that uh, when development is made that there is a process that developers are required to go through in order to get through the process of zoning or whatever it is that they need to to do in order to make a development. What about your future plans? What are your plans for uh, the floodplain management going forward? Yes, so we are currently going through an audit with FEMA, and that is technically called a community assistance visit, or CAV. And every community that participates in the National Flood Insurance Program will typically go through an audit with FEMA every five years or so. It's it's very normal. when that occurs, FEMA will come in and audit our program to make sure that we are enforcing our regulations like we're required to do. Um, They'll just analyze the effectiveness of our program. 
they'll review our permits and permitting processes and elevation certificates and they'll actually do a tour of the floodplains in our city um, so we just completed our CAV with FEMA and they have given us a list of corrective items to, to complete and and one of the things is community outreach and our you know our website we're working on our website to you know uh, dedicate to floodplain management as well as training our staff because um, we have we have a lot of new people over the last five or ten years that who who need um, additional training on when they review their permits and plans so this is part of community outreach right here because the one of the goals is to it's a complicated process it's complex and you want the public first of all to be aware of it and then to be able to understand it better yes i i want people to have a better understanding of what the national flood insurance program is and uh, what what these flood maps mean and so that they can make better informed decisions when they're looking to buy properties in in the floodplain or whether or not they need to buy flood insurance. In preparation for this podcast, you mentioned something called the community rating system. So for someone who is aspiring to really go a step further, a community could develop um, a process where they make it even more rigorous and it can have benefits in terms of discounting insurance. Currently, we participate in the National Flood Insurance Program and there are 402 communities in Tennessee that participate. And that means everyone who lives in the community is able to buy flood insurance. But then there's a, pro there's a program called the Community Rating System. It's it's a, like a higher standard where if we participated, that gives a, a discount on insurance to our, our residents in our community. So it would be like, um, like we are on a, a junior pro, pro league where everyone can sign up and play on the team. Everybody can participate and we get a participation trophy. Um, but in the community rating system, it's more like uh, the elite athletes that that um, play on the uh, advanced team. So only a few communities are. There are only twelve uh, communities in Tennessee that that participate in the community rating system, and that would mean they adopt higher standards that go uh, above and beyond the minimum. NFIP requirements or the state requirements. Well, again, that's something to aspire toward, I guess. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, thanks for being our guest on The Insider. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Um, Jennifer Knopf has been our guest for this edition of The Insider. We've been highlighting floodplain mapping and flood insurance originating the podcast from City Hall. Thanks for listening to The Insider via Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music Audible. For additional information on the city's floodplain program, visit the city's website. To determine if a property is in the floodplain, interested persons may contact the planning department at 615-893-6441 or visit the city GIS web 
site and web page. Or you can go to www.fema.gov, the official site. For more information on the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit murfreesborotn.gov. Insider is the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Thanks for joining us.